The one and only show. It's on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Not the one and only show. The one with a J. Ladies and gentlemen, rabbits, furries, cats, dogs, whatever the hell you consider yourself, we're back with another episode. Speaking of cats, furries, and dogs, and all of that nature, I want to share something with you. I've seen a, uh, oh man, I don't know, 40-year-old man? Yeah, he was about 40 late 40s you know online he was uh acting like a fairy you know one of them jokers i got on there and i commented people like you are people like you are killing this world you know nothing hateful i mean if that's hateful me fuck anything comes out of my mouth is hateful then somebody replied on my comment and said and the overweight alcoholic speaks now wait just a second i may be overweight but i'm not an alcoholic y'all know me i don't drink and when i do it's only about a couple of beers and yeah i'm wasting but i'm not an alcoholic but yeah i just thought i'd share that with you and you know Today, I was just thinking about mosquitoes, thinking about what if they landed in my nuts? Would I want to smack that mosquito or let it fly away and then come back and get me somewhere else, suck my blood out? Yeah, I thought about karma then, so I think I would slap my nuts to get the mosquito. Anyways, that's all I wanted to share that with you guys. What would you do if a mosquito landed in your nuts? Let me know in the comments, message me. Alright, on a serious note, ladies and gentlemen, today I bring you a youngster, and I say youngster because he's seven years younger than me, so I'm gonna call him a youngster. Yeah, I consider him a youngster. Uh, this youngster, he knows the ins and outs of catching trout and has a true passion for the sport whether it's fly fishing in crystal clear streams or trolling in beautiful lakes of colorado that's where he's from you can already imagine the conversation i'm gonna have with this individual feel free to ask him about trout fishing tips secret spots or you know how to use a uh a fly fishing pole or whatever you call it i'm not very well educated on fly fishing but he's gonna talk about it i don't know he's just He's just going to talk about it, and if you got any, you know, questions, want to look him up and catch up with him, see what he's up to. I mean, he's going to say his, he will mention his Instagram and TikTok at the end of this show. So I hope you enjoy it, and, and I thank you for uh, for tuning in once again. Thank you for the supporters. means a lot, even though I got called a overweight alcoholic today. But whatever, time marches on. Without further ado... Let me introduce you to the one and only Alex Weeman. Hey, 
got here just in time Went ahead and with a line Before I went and lost my mind And I ain't been here long But the bobbers in the pond Going up, down, up, down, up, down Tonight we're gonna raise A whole lot more than can Cause there's money in the bank And tomorrow's Saturday So if they pass that fit the jack this way I turn it up, down, up, down, up, down we're just holding it down here in BFE Still rolling around with a bar CD Freebird five minutes deep Head bobbing up, down, up, down, up, down I want to reach out to you and ask you some questions about fishing. Now, I went trout fishing once or twice. But the first yeah. time I was with my kids and, you know, I spent more time trying to fix their their pole than than anything else and uh i mean the second time i just went for a little bit and then i got bored man i feel like i gotta have a <laughs> a partner or friend or somebody you know go fishing with me and make it fun make it like a kind of like a sport i normally yeah. do um bass fishing mm -hmm. i really want to get into um, trout fishing uh what can you tell me about trout fishing yeah so i had a similar art to you um i grew up grew up in new hampshire grew up on a lake um so New Hampshire has trout, but I didn't really know about that back then. I just knew that, you know, the fish real close to me were, were, were uh, mostly largies, but you had some, some small mouth in that lake too. Um, so I grew up as a real big spin guy. Uh, I would try and go, you know, many times a week, loved it. Um, and then I went to boarding school. Um, so I went to high school with people from like kind of all over the country. And one of the guys was from Jackson Hole um, up in Wyoming. And I didn't know much about it at the time i was big east coast guy i had been west west a few times but i didn't know like you know how how amazing the trout fishing is up up right outside of yellowstone there um and the first time i fly fished the first time i caught a little little cutthroat on the fly i was just you know excuse the pun but i really was hooked you know it's just there's something about trout that they're a lot more fun to target for me um a they're a lot prettier um b they're a lot smarter than bass um usually so you know bass fishing it's super fun but you know i had my same technique i had my probably you know 12 pound test down to a little where those rubber I, I already forget those rubber worms the like cinco worms you know um so it's the same thing every time put it in the same spot in the lake every time and it was a, a fish every time which is fun um but you know for me trout were like they were like they were a different ball game they're just a lot harder a lot harder to target um and trout for me you know like i'm so i'm an english major i do a lot of like creative writing and i feel like trout just kind of represent you know the paradigm or the american beauty paradigm in a way that bass don't um i want to be real careful you know i'm not not shitting on bass like i still love to fish for bass it's tons of fun they fight really great they fight better than trout usually but trout just represent this like you know, there's the old saying, trout don't live in ugly places, you know, like, I just feel like trout represent the American beauty uh, in a way that, that bass just kind of don't for me. Um, so I was, you know, I haven't touched a spin rod in probably, that was four years ago, it was probably about four years. Um, so, you know, trout are different. They inhabit much colder waterways. Um, trout need water that is 67 degrees or lower um, to, to survive usually. Uh, usually that means flowing water, but there is a lot of really great, I, I'm from Colorado, or I live in Colorado now, 
Uh, and there's a lot of really great stillwater fishing in Colorado because it stays so cold throughout the year. So, you know, I mean, trout, trout habitats are usually high mountain streams. Um, yeah, they're places with um, you know, fast flowing water, just because fast flowing water is colder, it's more oxygenated, uh, supports them better. And they're just a lot more, they're a lot finickier than, than bass. You know, bass can survive basically anything. Um, one of my buddies from home, I heard this story that he caught this largemouth and he throws in his truck or something like that to bring it home. Uh, it's like 10, 15 minute drive home. And when he gets home, he's like, oh my God, like this bass is still alive. Like, it, you know, it survived the car ride. And he's like, man, like, I kind of don't want to eat this thing now. So he throws it in the pond in his backyard. And, you know, four years later, this thing's like a 10 pounder. <laughs> so, you know, bass survive a lot that trout don't. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll stop there. I have a lot more to say, but if you, uh, you know, have any more specific questions, I, I could talk about this for, for hours. You know? <laughs> no, that's, that, that's awesome, man. That's awesome yeah. to hear. Now, now, so th there was, I want to say maybe, I don't know. I went to Colorado. Mm during the winter one year mm -hmm. i can tell you what year man i i slept since then i noticed i, I went to idaho springs i don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with idaho springs. yeah, right off I, went, yeah. yeah I, went, I went up in uh, the mountains and there was people ice fishing because at that time i grew up in georgia and mm -hmm. i did nothing but bass fishing and you know cat fishing setting up some lines so on ice fishing is that what they're fishing for is trout or is there any other fish that they fish for on ice fishing uh the answer to both those questions is yes um so in colorado predominantly trout um but there's usually waterways aren't just one species um so when people ice fish they're almost always uh fishing stillwater. so my guess is you probably saw guys up in a town called georgetown uh, a little bit past idaho springs there's a big trout lake in town there um so yeah for the most part when you're ice fishing in colorado it is trout um that being said a lot of these waterways will have, there's tiger muskie in a few of them. Uh, there's northern pike in a lot of them. Um, a lot of the waterways with bass don't really get cold enough to, to you know, safely ice fish. Uh, I don't know about too many bass that live past the front range. Um, so the Colorado front range is like 5,000 to 6,000 feet. And then where you were, Idaho Springs, is probably like 8,000. Um, so the lakes up there will freeze super solid. Um, you know, we've played pond hockey on that lake, like super safe up there. Um, front range is kind of a year by year thing. If the lakes down here freeze solid enough that you can, you know, safely walk out on them. So if that happens, you know, if it's, if it's a good ice year down in the front range, then people will ice fish for, for bass and for other kind of, you know, warmer water species. Um, and then if you get to like Minnesota, um, I think people are really big into like muskie and like walleye, um, they'll, they'll ice fish for those, those kind of fish, New Hampshire too, people, will, uh, people will ice fish. So yeah, I mean, it's just any, any fish that lives in a body of still water that'll freeze pretty solid. So Colorado is usually trout, but ice fishing is, you know, you can target a lot more species than just, uh, than just trout. So. Have you ever had any funny or unusual experiences while trout fishing? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, I got two concussions in hockey this year. So, unfortunately, my memory is, like, kind of not the best right now. Um, so I should have a real good answer to this question. But <laughs> one time uh, we skied uh, a basin, and I skied in my fly fishing waders. Um, so, I guess that's kind of an interesting story. So A Basin's like kind of near Breckenridge and there's a river in Breckenridge called the Blue River. Um, 
and I, I think my snow pants were like super ripped up or something. Um, so I wore my, you know, the fly fishing waders, like the, the rubber pants that those guys wear, yeah. wore that on the mountain. Uh, so then I could just get straight off and, and go fish the blue right after that. Um, so I basically, basically wore my fly fishing kit, um, skiing. So I know that's not, that's not the most interesting wow. I'm trying to think. I know my buddy got, uh, my buddy got spooked by a black bear one time. That was, uh, that was up in New Hampshire. That's pretty pretty spooky um but nah i mean <laughs> i guess most of the time fly fishing is just kind of you know just kind of chill in the woods until you know you meet big big animals and then it's not super chill anymore but luckily Don't i've never i've never run into a grizzly colorado doesn't have many of them um i don't think colorado has any of them honestly um i'm always a little spooked out about um mountain lions especially fishing close to the front range they like that kind of territory for the most part, mountain lions don't mess with, um, you know, fully grown humans. Usually they'll, they'll go after dogs and like, I think sometimes they'll go after children, which is, which is real sad, of course. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I've really, I've seen a moose once, um, but it was, a, it was a pretty good ways off for me. Um, so, you know, no, no close encounters, although I am living up in uh, Bozeman this summer. I'm going to work at an environmental law firm up there uh, in Montana is, is the home of the Grizzly. So a uh, little yeah. worried, Def definitely going to pack bear spray. Um, I don't think I'll carry a gun um, just because I know most people who backcountry don't carry a gun. Uh, a most people will go either bear spray or like bear bangers, like little, little firework kind of things. But yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I'm a little, a little sketched out about this summer is, uh, you know, doing some fishing in Grizzly country, but should be fine <laughs> man okay. I, th I, I think i would have pissed myself um yeah dude happily fishing and then i look back and i see a black bear or or mountain lion yeah black bear don't really go after people they'll go after you like defensively so that's the same thing with like like black bear and moose is like you have to piss them off for them to come at you so if you're smart about it usually they won't and the difference with grizzlies is every once in a while a grizzly will decide it's hungry and it wants to eat a human yeah. and that that's the pro like if they start stalking you like that's your chances go down <laughs> dramatically if a grizzly <laughs> decides it wants to eat you but you know oh, people survive encounters and most most people don't ha even have you know real close scary encounters so yeah. i'm not super worried just always try and fish with a buddy always carry uh carry bear spray on me and i think we'll be all right can you share any tips or tricks for beginners who are just starting out with trout fishing yeah absolutely um first couple i would say so me personally i i was a big diy guy um you know i had a local fly shop i was living in western mass at the time that i started to get into it um so there was a really great local fly shop but i'm a big like kind of figure it out yourself guy um i don't think i watched too many videos i don't think i uh, never hired a guide or anything like that excuse me uh, so my learning curve was super steep. I, I seriously think it was probably a year and a half, two years before I could catch a trout on a fly. Um, so, you know, without getting into specifics first, I will say go on YouTube, go on TikTok. Like there's a ton of information out there. Um, you know, it's a kind of the same thing with a golf swing is you don't want to be oversaturated with information, you know, um, a lot of people when they're trying to fix their golf swing will look up every video on the internet and every video says something a little different. Um, so I would say keep your search specific. So if you're having trouble, 
you know, getting your flies down. If you're having trouble casting, like specifically search for that thing. Um, just so the information can be, you know, a little more, a little more targeted to you. Um, beyond that, spend a lot of time in fly shops. Um, you know, basically every town in America that's close to a fly river will have a fly fishing shop. And for the most part, the people who work in there are super great. Um, fly fishing does have a problem with gatekeeping. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of shops won't give you information unless you are a regular and you really show that, you know, you're interested and you're interested in, in protecting the environment, like that kind of thing. Um, so I totally noticed when I went into the shop and I was just like, Hey guys, can you tell me what flies and what waterway to fish? They give me the like very well-known spots. But then when I went in there and started talking to them about like, you know, like, uh, Hey, like I've, I've been on this waterway and it's not been working great. I've got, I've been using these flies and, you know, um, yeah, telling them stuff like that, being more specific and really showing them that, you know, you're in, you're into fishing, you're into protecting the river. Like you can be harvesting trout, just, you know, uh, for the most part, fly fishermen are interested in, in environmental protection, which is great. You know, like I'm super interested in that, um, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, getting into the specifics, my biggest thing was weight. Um, so a lot of flies, my biggest thing was weight for a while. I didn't realize that the river itself won't drop your flies. Usually, usually do need either split shot or a heavier fly, um, above your bottom fly. Um, totally depends on where you are. If you're fishing in Colorado, Colorado fish are super, super educated, uh, which just means that our waterways are so trafficked that they see every fly in the game. Uh, so therefore I would say, you know, you want to be going smaller flies, you want to be fishing, you know, to your nymphs, it depends on the time of year, but five X or six X is usually, usually what you want to be fishing down to your bottom fly. Uh, and what I mean by that is I'll fish a two fly rig usually. Um, so I'll have my leader and then I'll tie my leader to like three X or four X down to what is called an attractor. An attractor is a bigger fly. Um, it's usually heavy, so it helps with your weight. And it's a fly that you may not necessarily get the fish to eat, but it's a fly that will get the fish's attention. Um, you know, this could be like a big leech, a uh, big woolly bugger. That's kind of the same thing. Um, you know, a, a big worm, something like that. Um, and then you want to tie like 12 to 16 inches of what's called 5X or 6X. It just means like like line strength. Um, that equates to like five or seven pound test, I would say, um, if you, uh, are more of a spin fisherman and then you want to be fishing a bug. Um, so fly fishing gets its name because we mostly try and imitate the insect patterns that are in the river. Um, you know, so people will fish streamers, they'll fish like stuff that's not necessarily like invertebrate or like bug life, but your most effective pattern throughout the year will be very small uh little little bugs uh they're called nymphs and again go into your local fly shop don't say what flies do you have say hey i want a small nymph to drop for my attractor what can you tell me about the hatches that are happening right now and just by changing that language a little bit showing them you you know you know what you're talking about a little bit but you're interested in their opinion will go a lot long you know we'll go a lot further than just being like hey, like I have money and I want you to like tell me how to catch fish because that's not what fly fishing is. Fly fishing is, you know, you'll get help because it's a business and they want to make money. 
Yeah. But fly fishing is a lot of like, you know, like you've got to figure it out. So if you're halfway there and you ask them for help, it's going to be a lot better than if, you know, you haven't tried anything and you're just like, Hey, like tell me what to do, basically. So fly, um, so, so, so fly fishing is something that I can't just like buy me a pole and begin fly fishing. Do I need like somebody to show me how and learn how I to do it? I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would just say you have to expect a learning curve. Um, you know, fly fishing isn't chucking a worm on a bobber uh, and and waiting for it to go under. Like there's it, it's there's a lot of intricacies. Um, that's not to say you can't go out and you can. Fly fishing has the equivalent of worms. They're called like little squirmy worms. Um, that's not to say you can't go out and catch a fish on your first day. Um, but you know, casting is hard to pick up. Line uh, control in your line is hard to pick up. And the only way, you know, you can watch videos, you can go in fly shops and people are, will be willing to help you. You know, like I, I, I love, you know, replying to comments and like making, making some tutorial videos on TikTok. But really the only way you're going to figure it out is you're going to go out there and you're going to spend five, 10 days on the water and you might catch a fish, you might not. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to become a better fly fisherman. And at some point, if you stay with it, you know, you'll, you'll go out on the river and you'll catch a fish 90% of the time. Um, my advice would be look up casting videos, look up videos on just like basic, um, etymology. So like just basic, like what kind of bugs hatch in what region of the country. Um, but you know, I think most people who fly fish don't sugarcoat it. It's really, really hard, but that's a really good thing, you know, cause once you actually catch a trout on a fly rod and you're like, I did that myself, like, Right. It's just, it's so rewarding. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would just say, just get out there, um, buy the cheapest rod you can. They don't make that much of a difference unless you're catching like, you know, 28 inch trout, but you probably won't be, um, if you're, when you're just starting out. So buy a cheap rod, um, go in a fly shop, ask them for a couple flies. Just be like, I want an attractor. I want a nymph. I need a little bit of line. Um, and you know go figure it out and that's great like it's so much fun to just go and try and figure it out by yourself like for me at least like that was it was so rewarding to to finally you know start to catch fish and be like man like you know i had help but like i yeah. did this i did this kind of thing um and it's great like that's why fly fishing is great because it's, it's really hard yeah i i feel like i gotta go with a uh you know somebody that i see that uh fly fish really good yeah. and has all his gear and you know go up to him have enough courage and go to him and be like hey man i want to learn how to fly yeah. fish is there any way you can teach me take some time out of your week or something and teach me how because i mean when i catch think man i only catch like two trout but it was in a mm -hmm. regular fishing pool yeah yeah i mean fair enough and like if other fly fishermen or anything like me like i love showing people how to do it yeah. um but again at the end of the day it's like no matter how good your guide is, like it's, you know, you're still going to miss a couple fish probably. Like, you know, when I go fishing with someone who's never fished before, they'll hook four or five just, you know, cause a lot of times I'll know the water, I'll know the bug life, that kind of thing. Uh, and they'll lose it because they don't know line control on a fly fishing rod. You can't just stick the thing in the air and reel. Um, that's not how they're built. They're built to tire the fish out. They're not built to overpower the fish usually um so you know they'll lose their first their, their first couple just because you know i can i can yell at them not not yell at them but like i can instruct and be like you know turn your rod this way make sure your line is tight let the fish run when it wants to run 
but at the end of the day, it's like, it's impossible for me to convey the exact like amount of pressure you have to put on. Like that's just some, that's something you learn yourself by losing. Like I learned that by losing a hundred fish, you know, and now I catch like 30 of the, you know, 50 I hook into at best, like at best, you know, and that's just the name of the game. Like you can know, you can know a lot. No one will ever know everything, but you can know a lot about this sport. And if your conversion rate, like if you catch 60, 50, 60% of the fish you hook into you, like that's a, that's a really good, that's a really good ratio. Um, so again, like, yeah, find someone who fishes, but, um, just be, just be ready to learn. And it's great. Like, that's such a positive thing. So, does does flat fishing requires to sit still at all times, or? Um, I mean, because I, no. I, I don't, man. I, I mean, I like, <laughs> I, you know, like I like to fish for bass, and yeah, and I like to sit there and reel all the time. I'm, I can't stand still. So, so yeah. do you have to sit your uh, line and just leave it there or the way that trout eat usually um you know every once in a while fish will get aggressive and go out of their feeding lane but for the most part trout are really good at conserving energy so what they'll do is they'll find a part of the river where the flow is not super strong and they'll just sit there and they will not eat anything that's more than like a couple feet to their left or right because they know that more food is going to flow down the river after um so you know, it's not like bass that'll go and swim around and try and find food. Um, trout do that in, in like lakes and so on. Uh, but if you're fishing a river, most of those trout aren't going to move a lot. Basically, they're going to sit in their feeding lanes and they're going to wait for food to drift into them. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, the technique in fly fishing is you want to cast above the fish. So if the water's moving real slow, you know, you don't have to cast a ton above them because the, the flies will float down into the feeding lane. But if the river's really fast, you know, sometimes you'll have to cast 20, 30 yards above those fish. So that uh, that's a lot. But you'll, you'll have, you'd have to cast like way upstream of them and let your flies drift into them. Um, so then I think the most important, two really important things that beginning anglers get wrong a lot is indicator height. Um, so how high indicators of bobber, it's just fancy word for bobber, um, how high you put your bobber so that your flies will drift at the right depth. Like that's super important because trout evolutionarily, at least wild trout learn that they're a lot safer if they just kind of sit where they are and let their food come to them especially in, you know, super like fertile waterways. So usually you want your indicator one and a half times how deep the river is. Problem is sometimes it's really hard to tell how deep the river is. So that's again, that's, yeah, seriously, that's again, another thing you just have to mess around with for yourself. Like you'll get hung in the bottom, you'll be floating too high. You know, it's tough. Like usually you ha- it has to be in the right, like three feet. You know, you can't be more than even a foot or two sometimes, um, just because those fish are real picky. Uh, and then the second thing is weight. So again, um, from your attractor fly, from that first bigger fly that you're fishing, uh, you'll get your weight from that sometimes, but sometimes you'll need more. So if it's a super fast waterway, that water will want to hold your flies up. will want to keep them way above the head of the trout. Trout usually eat very close to the bottom of the river. So you need enough weight to get the flies down to the bottom of the river, but not so much that they're kind of dragging off bottom. You know, you can look up as many videos as you want. You can ask everybody in a fly shop, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. You got to go mess around. You got to learn the waterway and figure out just how much weight you need. The basic advice is 
you know, buy, buy some split shot, um, try and buy lead free just cause lead is, is not good for the river, you know, start slow, put, you know, a quarter of a gram on and then put another quarter of a gram on. You don't usually want to be going more than, than three quarters or, or a gram, but again, it depends on the waterway. So yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, no, you're not standing still at all. If you're fishing a river, I, it's very rare that a cast will last more than like 10, 15 seconds. Usually you're casting, you're letting it drift all the way down to, depends on where you're standing. But if I'm standing here and the river's flowing this way, I'll cast up. If I think the fish is directly in front of me, I'll cast, you know, 10 feet above the fish, let it drift down to here, right about here as well, where, you know, I'll expect to hit, but it's hard to know. And then I'll let it drift down to about, you know, another 10 feet past. Those numbers could be 30 feet, depending on, on how fast the river is. Um, but then I'll pick it up, put it in the same spot, do that 50 times, and then move on to another part of the river that I think is, you know, possibly productive. So no, I mean, fly fishing usually involves more moving around than bass fishing does. Fishing still water is different. Fishing still water is the same as bass fishing still water. Usually, unless you're fishing like a streamer, usually you'll just put it under a bobber and kind of tap it along. But that's why a lot of people prefer fishing rivers. It's because it's just like, you know, it's more fun. You're doing more at one time kind of thing. What about for bait? What, what do you prefer? Uh, well, so there are a million variations of flies. Uh, it's super dependent on the time of year. Uh, a couple flies that'll fish year round are kind of those bigger indicators I was talking about. So like leeches, leeches will be like, like this big, um, usually, excuse me, usually they're green or black. Um, I don't think I have any flies that I would show you. Um, so yeah, almost all times in the year I'll have a leech or like a squirmy wormy, like a, like a, basically the fly fishing equivalent of, of a live worm. It's like this big, um, it's got little like. Uh, I forget what it's called, but little, you know, like dubbing coming off of it. Um, okay. yeah, minnows? Have you used minnows before? No, so, so fly fishing never uses live bait. Um, fly bait. fishing is, okay. yeah, fly fishing is almost always an imitation. So there are fly imitations of minnows, but then you won't be drifting those. You know, you won't be fishing those under a bobber. You'll be like stripping that in. Um, so that's like when people say they're fishing a streamer or like they're stripping a fly. Um, that is, you'll cast downriver of yourself or across, and then instead of using the reel, like reel it in, you'll take your excess fly line and kind of just like like tap it in like this. So that's the fly fishing equivalent of fishing like like a bass lure kind of thing. Um, so there are minnow imitations, but like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, when you're fly fishing, you're fishing like you know feathers tied on a hook to imitate either. Um, bugs or like leeches or you know bigger crayfish people fish crayfish that kind of thing so yeah usually a really good bet to it's called dead drifting when you're not stripping when you're just fishing under a bobber um i'll dead drift like a leech or a worm or like a stonefly stonefly are real big they kind of kind of look like spiders almost um with big legs uh and then i will drop a much much smaller nymph so most of the, a lot of the nymphs I fish will be like, like that hole in my fingers right there. Honestly, even smaller than that. Like the nymphs we fish in Colorado are tiny, tiny, but that's what the fish are eating. So that's what it takes a lot of times to, to catch these trout. Holy crap, man. It's complicated. <laughs> you don't realize how complicated it is until you start. And this is what I mean is like, 
Yeah, you know, I was I was obsessed with it for two years. I went, you know, four times a week, and it took me just about that long. Like I caught fish in that span, you know, but it took me about that long to be able to consistently catch fish. Um, that's not me saying don't go fly fishing. That's me saying, you know, expect a learning curve. Um, and it just makes it so much more meaningful when you actually do start to catch real wild or, you know, stock fish, like whatever. Um, it makes it so much more meaningful when you're actually like figuring it out, catching fish consistently. Um, but you know, I mean, it's in fly fishing, the difference between like a one millimeter fly and a 1.2 millimeter fly, something, I don't know how big they are specifically, but like that will make the difference between catching a fish and not sometimes, which is just, it's insane how, how picky the fish can get. Um, that does depend on the area though. So like if you're fishing a stream and like, you know, Virginia that's stocked with trout and not a lot of people fish it, uh, the fish will be less picky. Um, I say that from experience. I've got family up there and those fish are much less picky. Um, so it'll be a little easier on, on waterways like that and waterways that include a lot of stocked fish will be a lot easier than waterways that are um, all wild fish because the wild fish have to learn how to survive like from birth, whereas the stock fish uh, don't. Now, with... With cleaning fish, I was, you know, kind of navigating on how to clean trout. Mm -hmm. I seen two ways, you know, they they cleaned it really good and then they fillet it. Mm -hmm. And then I also seen another video where, oh man, they did this weird cut down the middle and then at the bottom of the lip. And then they pull on it and then everything came out like the whole fish was gutted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What is the best way to clean trout? Um, so I actually don't keep trout. Um, so I can't, I can't speak to that. Unfortunately. Okay. Um, I've caught, I, I keep a couple fish every once in a while. Uh, mostly on like camping trips and stuff. Uh, but whenever I've kept a fish, I've been with another angler who, who knows more than me about cleaning fish. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I think when they do it, they kind of cut along the jawline and you can pull the spine out that way. Uh, but again, don't, don't quote me on that. Cause I'm, I'm not, right, right. not, not versed in keeping fish. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, hard for me to, it's just hard for me to keep trout. Like right. for me, trout are so like symbolic of like, you know, the American beauty and, and, you know, in a way that we could be losing right now. So again, I don't have any problem with people catching trout as long as they're doing it sustainably you know uh -huh. as long as you're within your bag limits like whatever like that's totally fine uh i also live in a college like apartment so <laughs> usually yeah. not not a great idea to uh to bring a dead fish in, in one of those things <laughs> there'll be one hell of a mess <laughs> I, don't think the girls would be too, I don't think the girls would be too happy with me quite honestly um, <laughs> oh man uh yeah here in, here in missouri yeah where i'm from uh we got a a place called merrimack springs and okay you know, people go fishing there, and I think they can only catch up to catch and keep up to five trout. Okay, yeah. And Most places in Colorado, it's two. Wow. Yeah. And and, and so I seen I seen that uh, you know they're cleaning and they're filleting it, and I feel like they're wasting so much fish. Like, what are you guys yeah. doing? So I feel like the way I seen it, you know, where they cut a line at the bottom and then cut at the bottom of the lip and then gutted everything out. It's like, you're not wasting so much, so much fish there. Yeah. I mean, like I would love, you know, like, again, I like, I'm totally okay with keeping fish 
sustainably. Um, I would love to learn how to, how to flay a fish. I mean, I could do it, but I would lose a lot of meat. That's kind of where I am right now. Um, so, you know, I'll definitely be doing some backcountry this summer up towards Yellowstone. Um, and, you know, the wild fish population is, is fairly stable up there. Um, so, you know, at that point, at that point, maybe I will. Um, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really speak to uh, the best way to fly a fish, honestly. <laughs> but are you close man. to, uh, are you close to the Ozarks? Are you close to the White River? I am. I, I am. Yes. Some yes. of the biggest brown trout in America live in that river. No kidding. Yeah, I think the, I think guys pull them out mostly on the um, uh, Arkansas side. So the, the White River is like right on the line of Missouri and Arkansas, I think. Um, but if you're interested, there's this guy on Instagram called Wild Trout. That's his username. Mm-hmm. And holy, holy does he catch. He catch like like 35-inch brown trout. Like, I mean, fish holy literally crap. like three three-foot brown trout. Um, you ever fish down here? No, man, I've, I, I, one of my uh, friends is from St. Louis, um, but I've never been out there. I know St. Louis is probably still, what, five hours from the Ozarks, something like that. Um, but no, I would love to get out there, though. Um, just, I mean, some of these fish he catches are like, they literally look like, when, when brown trout get big enough, their jaw will kind of like curl in on itself. And these things actually look like dinosaurs. So Wow. I'm, I'm plugging this guy hard check out this guy's instagram it's just unbelievable the kind of fish he catches oh my goodness that brings me yeah. to my next question yeah what is the biggest trout you've ever caught and what was the story behind it biggest trout i've ever caught so i when i catch real real big fish i'll usually measure them against my net um, so my net's about 30 inches long and I have little markings on the net, um, for like, you know, 22 inches, 24, 26. Um, so I never get, uh, a pound reading. I don't like weighing trout just because, you know, when they're that big, like they're, they're pretty special and I, I want to put them back. Um, but 27 is the biggest fish I've caught in length. Um, that was, uh, <laughs> that was the story. So that was my first, um, so at Colorado college, we take classes one at a time. Uh, it's a really weird system. So we'll take one class at a time for three and a half weeks every day for three and a half weeks. And then we'll get a three and a half day break. So we'll get a Wednesday night to Sunday break and then start a new class the Monday after we call it fourth week is like when finals are. Um, so that was, we call them block breaks, that, that little break in between. Um, so me and my buddy, there's this lake in Northern Colorado. Um, it, I, it's not my spot, so I'm not, uh, I'm not at liberty to, to give the name out. Unfortunately, this was a spot that one of my other buddies showed me. Um, so, uh, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna say the name, but, um, right. it, it's this really cool reservoir kind of Northern Colorado. Um, and it was nine degrees out and we decided that car camping would be a really great idea. Um, car camping is when you sleep in the trunk of your car. Uh, it's really fun in the summer. It was not very fun in like late October. <laughs> um, I have never been as cold as I was in my life. I was uh, ripping fireball at 4am, like a lot of fireball at 4am yeah. because I couldn't sleep. It was too cold to sleep. We didn't really bring the right equipment. Like I brought a sleeping bag that was rated for like, like 20 degrees maybe. Uh, and it was like nine degrees. <laughs> I hate when I do that. 
I know. And it was brutal. So I was just, you know, ripping a lot of, you know, fireball, like cinnamon whiskey kind of. Yeah. Uh, gets you warm pretty quick. Uh, so I was like, I was feeling all right. Uh, we walk to the bank that we're fishing and my buddy, or I walked out at like 6am when the sun was like sort of coming up just cause I was like, I'm not going out in the dark. It's too cold. The wind was like 10, 15 miles an hour minimum. Like the wind chill must've been below zero. Um, you know, I've got like my full on skiing outfit on. I'm still insanely cold. And my buddy has been out there since 4am and he's caught like 20 fish over 20 inches. Like he's just having a field day on these fish. He's crushing them. Um, and something we'll do on Stillwater is we'll fish with ladders. So we'll, we'll bring like literally like a, like a, like a ladder, like a step stool. And we'll walk out as far as we can up to like, uh, it's called like your wade line, basically the top of your waders before you start to get wet. Plop the, uh, plop the, um, ladder down really get it into the dirt and then stand all the way up on the ladder so you have like really good like range of motion you know uh so we're doing that my hands are already so frigid and i'm carrying this metal ladder and like i have gloves on but it's it's still i can feel how cold it is through there um i catch a couple like you know pretty decent fish like 20 22 inches like like great great fish for this waterway like pretty average um and, you know, you're not supposed to touch a trout with your gloves on because it can wipe off their, like, protective coating. Oh, um, so you really, unless you're wearing, like, latex, like rubber gloves, you don't want to be touching trout with them on. So every time I would catch a, a, a fish, I would take my gloves off. I would, you know, unhook them, hold them up for the picture. And every time I was just getting colder and colder and colder. And I have... Um, uh, like rain, rain odes, if you know what that is, it's the thing where like blood doesn't get to your hands very well. What is it? Um, it's it's when like your blood doesn't flow to your hands very well. Um, I don't know why, maybe like constricted huh. veins or something. But I don't know if you can see on camera, but like my hands are will be super white. Like the yeah. I won't be getting much blood at all. So when it gets cold out, I lose. Do you know dexterity? Um, yes. Okay, I lose dexterity like really quickly. Um, so I've only been out there for like an hour and I hook into this fish, like biggest fish I've ever hooked into in my life still to this day. Oh, it's the biggest fish I've caught. And I go to the, so in fly fishing, you'll like let the fish go out, but then you'll have all your extra fly line and you'll want to like reel it in. I go to reel my rod in and I can't close my hand around the reel. Like I phys physically, my hands like this and I'm so cold that I can't get my fingers to come together. So I couldn't, oh, no. reel. I couldn't, I couldn't reel. And this fish is just taking off. You know, he took like, I don't know, 30, 40 yards of line. Like he's way out towards the center of the lake and I can't reel line in. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I try and strip line in, but I got these really big bulky gloves on. So that wasn't working either. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to start walking in the other direction. I don't need to reel this line in. Right. If I just walk away from the lake and eventually right get this fish in uh something you can only do if like you know your buddy's with you to net the fish but yeah i just start walking away from the lake like 30 40 yards eventually get this fish close enough to the shore where my buddy can pick him up and my buddy unhooks him my buddy helps me out because i like like when i get that cold my hands will be like this i can move them like like here i can move them like that but that's the most i can move my hands when i get that cold um so yeah, that was <laughs> that was Damn. 
this fish is we didn't get a perfect reading but this fish is like 26 27 inches i mean this thing's like I mean, i'm holding the tail here i'm holding the belly here and this thing's just like a slob um or slob and uh yeah that was the story of how i caught a fish when i when i couldn't reel <laughs> so uh yeah that was fun we we planned like a four-day trip and we left after night one we're like man this is just this i we just <laughs> couldn't we couldn't do another night of it it's just so miserable but even you know, I got to the point where I was like, I don't want to catch a fish because it's going to hurt me so bad. <laughs> like, I actually picked this thing up. So, yeah, that was that was fun, though. That was it was cold. But then that fish was it was a pup, though. It was a rainbow trout mixed with a cutthroat trout. That thing was super sweet. Man, I would have been mad if I would have let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I would do. We didn't bring like a camp stove or anything. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex, man, it's uh. It was great talking to you, man. Uh, I got to become an expert at fly fishing. Maybe you can come down to Missouri and then we can go yeah, together. Yeah, I'd love to. You can show me a few tricks. So tell us where we can learn more about you and, you know, your trout fishing experiences. Yeah, so I've got, I've got two platforms. Uh, my TikTok, much more popular than my Instagram, but I post on both of them. Uh, my TikTok is C-O-N-H, or my Instagram, I'm sorry, is C-O-N-H Fishing. Uh, Colorado, New Hampshire. Those are two places from New Hampshire. Go to school in Colorado. Uh, and then my TikTok is just at CO Fishing, just Colorado. Uh, right now, I post a bunch of bunch of fish videos, a um, little bit of tutorials. I uh, really want to start doing more, uh, more like fishing tutorials, uh, showing you guys kind of like what I'm rigging up for the day, how I'm fishing. Um, this summer, I think I told you I'm working at an environmental law firm, so I'll have a lot more time to uh, just to be on the water to get content. Um, and if you're interested in a law firm doing some really good work on the Gallatin River right outside of Bozeman, uh, I will be running that TikTok this summer too. I don't know the exact name, but it's Cottonwood uh, Environmental Law Center up in Montana. Uh, they're protecting a lot of uh, public land right now, doing some really good work, uh, and I'm really excited to to be a part of that team up there. So yeah, I would say TikTok is I, I'm more active on TikTok. So at CO Fishing, um, I hope you guys like it. Well, well, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate yeah, it, you. and have a good one, man. Yeah, you too, man. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, see ya. Can I get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind? A couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder. Can I get a moment of your time to get a couple things off my mind? A couple things off my chest, weight off my shoulder.